You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. presence we feel tonight. Amen. In the house of the Lord, you may be seated. We welcome all of our guests to God's house tonight. We're glad you're here in person. Anyone who's watching or listening online tonight, welcome to Mission Point. And thank God for what he's already done today in our services throughout the day. We thank the Lord for that. We thank the Lord for the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. We'll be baptized in Jesus' name. What a wonderful time that was. Amen. And uh, we'll have more baptisms on Wednesday, and we're exci- excited about what God is doing with our young people, amen, our children of our church. God is placing into their hearts and into their spirit a great desire and hunger for the things of God, amen. Nothing could be more great and more powerful for our young people than them to have an experience with the almighty God, amen. So thank you. Uh, for being in church tonight, and thank you for being faithful, amen, to the house of the Lord, and um, to everyone, especially the men, tighten your belts this afternoon. If you weren't here uh, to understand that, you can go out and listen to this morning. I don't want to get into it again tonight. Amen. Thank the Lord for uh, his many blessings. Amen. I do want to pick up on a statement that I made this morning, and that's leading us into what God is basing our lesson and message on tonight. It's based on some notes also from Brother Woodward. And uh, so I want to take your attention tonight to Proverbs 23 and verse 23. And we uh, read and quoted this verse this morning, uh, but I want to pick up on some extra thoughts about this idea Amen, uh, that we spoke about a little bit this morning. Uh, Proverbs 23, 23 says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Now, when you hear that verse, uh, I want to make sure everyone understands that it's not about money. You can't physically use money to buy truth. That's not what it's speaking about. So it's um, uh, understanding when it says by the truth uh, and, and the other words that are used in the Bible for similar things is like get the truth or he got the truth. Uh, and that idea is obviously you cannot have an experience with God unless you desire to believe in him, allow yourself to repent of your sins and be baptized in his precious name, and be filled with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Those are just the, 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 the near necessities of being born again. And that's when life just begins. Life is just getting started when you're born again. That's not the end. That's actually just the beginning. That's understanding that you're getting truth. And that truth will lead you the rest of your life. Amen. There's something precious about truth. 
Truth is one of the foundational principles of God's kingdom because God is truth. When you get God, you get truth. You can't get truth without God. You can't get truth without an experience with Jesus Christ. Psalm 119, 142 says, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Psalm 117, verse 2, For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Notice that there is truth, which is facts, and there is the truth, which is revelation. There's a difference between just facts and a revelation of who Jesus is. When you're talking about facts, two plus two equals four. And any school that tries to tell you that you can make it up to whatever you desire is not telling you the truth. Two plus two doesn't make ten. Never has and never will. The fact is two plus two is four. That's a truth. That's an actual fact. But the truth that I'm talking about tonight is the truth. That's a revelation. The word in English and in Greek is normally the same. But the content of the statement shows us that many times in Scripture, when we refer to the truth, the meaning is not some just ethical truth or some fact, but it's the the fullness of the scope that's embodied in Jesus Christ. He was the perfect expression of the truth. It's not just that he's a fact. It's not hard to prove that Jesus was here on earth and he was born as a man and he died and rose again. Those things are easily proven with history. But it's not just about the facts of it. It's the understanding that he is the truth. It's a revelation of truth. John wrote in chapter 18, To this end was I born, and to this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. That's not just facts. Listen, religions point the way at times to truth, but Jesus said, I am the truth. It's not enough just to be pointed towards. You've got to experience the truth. You want a revelation of who Jesus is. Am I in a Pentecostal church? Are we all tired? Did you have too much cake today? Or are all you men and your belts are too tight? Amen. It's not enough just to know who he is. It's not enough just to hear some facts about him. It's not enough just to read about him. I want an understanding and a revelation of who Jesus is in my life. I want a transformation of the truth. John said in 14, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. 
the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 8 and 32. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's not just about a fact about Jesus. It's a revelation of the truth. Amen. Throughout scriptures and until our present day, many people have had a problem, had a problem with truth. In fact, it's in 2023, it's not even politically correct today to say that there's such a thing as an absolute truth. Stanley, uh, Stanley Grintz, a well-known spokesman for this new tolerance, he says that truth is relative to the community in which a person participates. And since there are many communities, there are, there are necessarily, there's necessarily many different truths. That's what he says. Thomas uh, Hemlock, or Hembach, states that every individual's beliefs values, lifestyle, and perception of truth, the claims are equal, that there's no hierarchy of truth. Your beliefs and my beliefs are equal, and all truth is relative. That's what society is telling you. And that's reflected in statements that people make today. Statements such as, no one has the right to, to tell me what's right and wrong. That's an improper statement. It's wrong to impose your beliefs or morals on someone else. That's what the world is saying. I have the right to do whatever I want, even if I'm hurting someone. You have to do what you think is right. Let me tell you, you can't follow that. Your heart is desperately wicked. Don't do what you just think is right. You have your value system and I have mine. That's the world's mentality. I don't feel the same way you do. Look, that's your opinion. That's what's coming out. Let me tell you, that's the world's mentality. That there is no absolute truth. But I'm here to tell you there is the truth. And when you get a revelation of the truth, something happens in your spirit. Amen. That contradicts what the world says. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And such views are not an exception today, even among Christians. An extensive study revealed that 57% of Christian youth already believe that what is wrong for one person is not necessarily wrong for someone else. That's what's happening even in the church. Nearly 80% of people between the ages of 18 to 34 believe that there is no unchanging ethical standard of right and wrong. 80% of people between 18 and 34, that's a postmodern thinking that you can make up your own truth. But I'm here to tell you the truth 
has already been stated. It's already settled. It isn't changing by society. It's not changing by my opinion. It's not changing by my feelings. It's not changing by my whatever's happening in circumstances within my life. Hallelujah. The truth is already set. Amen. It's not enough today to live and let live. It's not enough to assert another person's right to believe or say what he thinks is right. In order order to be truly tolerant, you must, according to society, give your approval, your endorsement, and sincere support for their beliefs and behaviors. Hear this. The United Nations Declaration of Principles on Tolerance This is not just some mediocre organization. This is where people from all around the world meet. And this is their declaration of tolerance. Tolerance involves the rejection of dogmatism and absolutism. Isn't it ironic that the proponents of new tolerance are so dogmatic? What's so interesting is the absolutes of the opposition to truth. In other words, any system that believes in absolute truth is by definition, according to them, guilty of intolerance. That's the world that you and I live in. You don't even have to say anything. Even if you think... Even if you think there's an absolute truth, you're considered intolerant. See, the mentality of society is not whether you agree or don't or disagree. It's whether you will tolerate what the world's doing. I'm here to tell you that you and I can't be dictated to by the world. We are founded on the principles of the truth. And when the truth sets you free, it's not about the United Nations or anybody else. Hallelujah. There is an absolute truth with the Almighty. See, to a modernist, non-agreement, this is what they say today, is that you have a phobia. Nonconformity is hate. And conviction is that you're a fanatic. <laughs> if you've got conviction, you're labeled as a, a fanatic, an extreme. And that's why, that's why the proponents of toleration have no problem being intolerant towards Christians in the hour that we live in. Because we believe in biblical truth. One God, that man was a sinner, and that we are in need of a a mighty Savior. And that hasn't changed, and that will never change. Hallelujah. That is an absolute truth. It's nothing about intolerance. I was born a sinner, and I needed to be born again. Hallelujah. It had no, it has no, no significance to anything else but that I was a sinner. And I'm just trying my best to serve the Lord. 
I don't dislike people. But just because I disagree with people's behaviors or lifestyles or whatever is out there, that doesn't mean that I wasn't a sinner. Traditional tolerance asserts that everyone has an equal right to believe or say what he thinks is right. But the new tolerance says that what every individual believes or says is equally right. That our values are equal. All lifestyles are equal. All truth claims are equal. That's what society says. And I'm here to tell you tonight, that's not the way it is. I can make it pretty simple. Someone who believes in Hinduism teaches that their soul becomes reincarnated to another form. If you studied Islam, among many other believers, they would say your soul spends eternity in heaven or hell. Well, folks, those are two very different things. They're not equal truths. I'm not coming back as some animal. Uh-uh, no, no fly on the wall here. When I die, I'm on my way, hallelujah, to an absolute truth. The truth is, uh, I gave my heart to an almighty God. I dedicated my life to, to an almighty Savior. I've got one thing in mind, and that's to spend eternity with Him. People said they'd like to be a fly in the wall, not me. No, no, no. See, the Bible makes it clear that all values and beliefs and lifestyles and truth claims are not equal. They're not. It teaches that the God of the Bible is the true God. There's not 2,000 and there's not three. There's one true God, and his name is Jehovah. Hallelujah. His name has been revealed as Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. That is the one true God I serve. And when I step onto those pearly gates, there's only going to be one sitting on the throne, and his name is Jesus. That is an absolute truth. That all his words are true. And if something is not right in God's sight, then it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what my feelings are. It doesn't matter what my culture is. It doesn't matter what age or time period that I live in. No, no, no. If it's not okay with God, then it shouldn't be okay with me. See, the spirit of the new tolerance has a great measure infiltrated even the church within the last days. And that's why people have these false ideas that all interpretation of the Scripture is equal. Mm -mm. To tell someone that their belief or behavior is wrong, yeah, you're, you're considered judgmental. 
The Bible, folks, is about absolute truths. It's not how I want to interpret it. It's what the Bible means. And I can't make it sound like what I desire for it to be. It doesn't change on how I think it is. The Bible is already set. It's already settled. Hallelujah. It's already been recorded and written and isn't going to be changed. You can't add to it and you can't take it away. It's an absolute truth. Yeah. And so the question is not, what does it mean to me? Or what does it mean? The question is, how do I apply it to me? What I think it should mean makes no difference. What matters is, how is the Word of God, how can I take that and apply it to me? Because that's how I got to change. It's absolute. It's not about Pastor Carter. It's not about anyone in this church. Amen. The Word of God is already settled. The last thing you and I need to do uh, is try to skirt uh, around some part uh, of the word so that it fancies our thinking. Uh, amen. It's already been decided. Uh, I just got to discern uh, what he's trying to say to me. See, you can, you can divide a quantity without hurting it. But you can't, you can't divide an entity. Without killing it. Okay. You've got a quantity of a glass of water. You can divide that. And it isn't going to hurt it. But if you're like Solomon and he said, let's cut the baby down the middle. That actually hurts the entity. Yeah, they both might have had half and they're both still would have been two halves. But that wouldn't have survived. And when it comes to the truth, uh, it's not about me picking out and leaving this and taking that. No, no, no. The whole word of God uh, is profitable uh, for doctrine, uh, for reproof, uh, for correction, uh, uh, in righteousness. Something's got to be instructed in my life. Uh, I've got to get a hold uh, of the truth and fall in love with it. Don't uh, buy it uh, and sell it. All right. I read you part of this scripture this morning. Paul writes to Thessalonica chapter 2. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they received not a love or the love of the truth. That they might be saved. And for this cause, God will send them a strong delusion. That they should believe a lie. That all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. I don't want to fall into the trap of skirting around the truth to make sure it pleases me. The Bible says I'll get caught in believing a lie. Well, pastor, this is how I feel. You can't go by your feelings. Your feelings will let you down. Don't follow your feelings. Follow the truth, regardless of the opinions of you and I, truth stands on its own. 
You, do, you and I don't even have to defend the truth. It's powerful enough, it'll defend itself. Let me tell you, when people stand before the Lord at the judgment seat, the Bible says he isn't even going to speak anything. Out of his mouth is going to become the sword. That sword is the word of God. The word of God is going to do the judging. You can't change the truth. Don't get caught up in my opinion, your opinion, or someone else's opinion. Stand on the truth. Paul writes to the church at Galatia in chapter 5. He said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Who got between you and the truth? For Timothy chapter 2. Who all have, who, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Paul writes to 2 Corinthians, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. You and I, we're not going to change the truth, stand up to the truth, somehow come against the truth. No, it's going to last. Amen. What happens is I've got to stand for it. That's what Paul says. Church, fall in love with the truth. Fall in love with what, Pastor? I'm talking about falling in love with Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And when you fall in love with him, you won't want to do what displeases him. It's almost 34 years ago that I decided I was going to love one woman for the rest of my life. It's coming pretty soon. 34 years ago. And every so often, and we're made, I'll come over here to all these young people getting ready. Fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they got their seat. They just, I just seen them put their seatbelts on. Got a whole row of guys and a whole row of girls. This is what's going to happen. When you find that perfect one, when you find them, you taking notes, Hannah? Okay, she's got her notebook out. When you find that perfect one, and love starts to grow. Because you don't fall in love and out of love. That's not even true. There's no such thing as falling in love and falling out of love. That's a fallacy. Love is something that grows. All of a sudden, someone catches your eye and you say, mm-mm. That's what happens. Anyone who tells you they're different than that, they're not telling you all the truth. All of a sudden, someone catches your eye. Say, yeah, I'd like to find out who that is, where they live, what their number is, how I can contact them. I guess today it's on whatever, Instagram and Messenger and all that stuff, social media, whatever. I don't have any of that. I wrote a letter every day, <laughs> stamped it and put it in the mail every day. That's the truth. She's even still got them all. I know. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> We're still in love 34 years later. 
But here's the point of what I'm trying to say. In the past 34 years, there's been times she's had to remind me, you know what? If you really want to do what pleases me, Now, all kinds of examples I could share with you from A to Z. But the whole motive, the whole agenda, the whole statement is, if you really want to do what pleases me because you love me, then this, 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 this. And you'll find out what all those things are. Sure. Because when you find that person you really love, it's not about you anymore. It's about you and them. And you no longer compete with each other. You actually complete each other. Aww. Take, write that one down, Hannah. Write that one down. I'm giving her good notes right there. That's in the natural. You want to do what pleases the person you're in love with. If you don't, something's wrong with you. Right, Joseph? I mean, you want to please the person you're in love with. That's just the natural sense. And when you get yourself in love with the truth, you're not trying to sneak around and find some way that you think you're conniving to do your own thing. No, it's the opposite of that. Lord, what is it that pleases you? What is it, God, that allows me to become closer to you? What is it, God, that you desire of me to do? Because when you get a hold of the truth, it's more than just facts. See, the facts are, I've got a marriage certificate that tells me I'm married. But that isn't enough. What's more important is how I desire to please her. It could be, oh man, I don't like shopping. I was, I was in a store, it just happened this week, and I had my nose down, and I was going to whatever direction I was going. And my wife stopped me and said, did you just see Galen go by? No. Galen was doing the same thing. He had his nose down. I talked to him this morning. We both were doing the same thing. We were oblivious to anything else that was there. I don't go in to browse around. I got no desire to browse. No. Tell me what I need to pick up. I'll just go to that aisle. I don't need to see any other aisle. I don't no, I'm not there to browse. But I have someone in my life that likes to browse. And because I love her, I find the most comfortable seat in that store and I sit there until she's done. Browse all you want, honey. I'm in love with you.
I'm way off topic. None of this stuff's in my notes. I don't know how many men are like this. I've, I've got some weird things that I think. So, can I tell you about one of them? Okay, here it comes. When we're browsing, I've got the cart, and she's browsing, and she wants to have both hands free. So, she wants to put her purse in the cart. And there's a couple things that are very important to me when that happens that don't go out of my sight because I don't want to be going anywhere with the purse in the cart. I don't want, no, I don't want that confusion at all. You take the card, honey. I'll walk with you. I don't want the confusion of that. Browse all you want, but keep your purse close to you. Now, you say, oh, you know, pastor, that you're, no, seriously. You ask my wife. I don't, I don't want any confusion about that at all. Where am I? The apostolic church is often criticized for being inflexible and out of step with the times. But let me tell you, that perception is false. Because I, I don't want to be in step with this world. I don't want to be in step with what society thinks. I've got one thing, and that's the truth. And I don't want to move from the truth. I'm in love with him, and I want to make sure that everything is on par with being in love with him. Music come. Paul writes to Timothy, he said, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Writes to Timothy, in 2 Timothy, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. He writes to Galatians and he says, I am therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. Don't let it be that what I'm preaching to you causes you to be offended because it's only the truth that will get you to the end. Fall in love, get yourself in love, grow in love, let your love abound for the truth. And don't allow anything of this world to change how you visualize, how you work for, how you stand with, how you impart the truth, because it's the truth that will make you free. I don't have time to go into all this tonight. But Abraham, he, he bought it publicly. David bought it wholeheartedly. And Jeremiah bought it unconditionally. And Matthew writes about it and says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Who when he had found one pearl 
of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. What's he talking about? A literal pearl? No. No, he's not talking about a literal pearl. It's a symbolism of something that was so incredible about God. And he said, I've got to have everything that I can get that God's providing. And everything else in this world I'm willing to part with to make sure I have the truth. The truth. Not just facts. Facts is okay if you're just thinking rationally. But facts about God is not going to be enough. Lots of people have an understanding of certain facts about the Lord. No, buy the truth. Get the truth. And sell it not. Above everything else in this world, get a hold of the truth of Jesus Christ and don't let go. If you're old enough tonight, and maybe some young people, you're just, you're maybe not there, but there's some elders in this church. They can look back 30 years and 40 years and 50 years and say, a lot of things have changed in the world. A lot of things have changed in the last five years. And the attack upon the truth and what's taking place all around us is incredible. But it will never change the truth. So don't allow it to change you. Because the the truth, it will stand firm. And it will last. Listen, there was a man one time that was going to eliminate the Bible. He, his whole mission in life was to get rid of the Bible. And what's so so interesting about how the Lord handles things when that man died the Bible the, the house that he lived in became a publishing house for Bibles the man who said I'm going to eliminate the Bible you can't get rid of the truth the truth is going to stand it's whether you and I will stand for the truth <laughs> That's that all that that just kind of makes my spirit glee. Yeah, yeah, you think you can get rid of the truth? Your house becomes a place to print Bibles of all the places in the world. No, no, it's gonna last throughout time. 
So I'm looking for a whole church, young people, to the elders of this church that would stand to your feet tonight and say, listen, I'm I'm going to get a hold of the truth. I've got a hold of the truth. I'm sticking to the truth. I'm going to make sure that the truth is what I'm following. Hallelujah. It's not my opinion. It's not my thoughts. It's not even what I think. I've got it down in my heart that I'm going to take a hold of this incredible truth. And I'm going to stand for it and let the world go by. Let that be your mindset tonight, church. Let that be for your children, your grandchildren. Let that be for you as a family. I've got the truth in my heart, and I'm going to stand for it. No matter what the world says, no matter what someone else's opinion is, I'm going to follow the truth. Can I tell you, can I tell you, church, don't allow yourself to get caught up in the, the tolerance drama of the world. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in it. I'm not telling you to look for trouble. I'm telling you to stand for the truth no matter what comes your way. Get it to verse deep in your heart. No, no, no. The truth is here and the truth's going to stay here. It got me to where I am and I'm going to hold on. Hallelujah till the Lord comes. Hallelujah. Buy the truth and sell it not. Allow the power of the truth of the Lord to be your direction. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.